the future. A relentless, desperate wasteland ravaged by nuclear war. With the destruction of the internet and search engines such as Google, accurate information about the past is traded like currency. Two brave travelers are commissioned with the dangerous task of going back through time to gather as much information as they can to find out about the late 20th and early 21st centuries in hopes that a future society may rebuild what was lost and avoid the horror of a smoldering radioactive planet. But there is a catch. The travelers journey back across eons of time is a one-way trip, leaving them stranded in the past. There's no way to communicate their findings to the future other than burying reinforced time capsules in the ground. In the hopes that one day recordings such as these will be unearthed to provide a glimpse of the world that once was. This is the mission of the crispy coated robots. And it must succeed. It's Jim. Hey, friends, it's Joseph. Really? <laughs> and it's wow. George. Uh, I don't, Joseph's I don't real what, identity thrown out there, you know. I don't know. People who don't about. know. Nebula. Uh, Nebula. Uh, welcome, folks, to episode 145. Today's topic is top five satisfying series finales. Now, we had a show. Uh, a few weeks back, the home office from the future that tells us what the show is going to be about or what they're looking for from uh, pop culture. Uh, episode 142, we had a, a show called Series Interrupt Us, where we talk about the negative, the flip side of this, where a, a show doesn't end well, or just in that case, cuts off altogether just immediately. Uh, but this one, these are going to be television programs regardless of their their duration how they ended the show if they landed the ending so to speak and um mr johnson what is our second topic today best animated animals not featured in a movie <laughs> so cartoon animals cartoon animals obscure they can't they can't be in a featured film though uh nice. so your you know the, your obvious choices mickey mouse what about a straight uh, to video? Funny. Uh, I think I think they meant the way I interpreted is on the big screen, like in a movie house theater. Okay, like it, a, like a, a, a feature, a, a feature length thing, like at Garfield. You know, so they, he's got the comics, he's got the cartoon, and then he's got those horrible, horrible uh, Garfield movies. Um, but so uh, he's out. So he's, he's out. out. Great and then what about Tom and Jerry, uh, who, well, they, they have a movie. A fe- yeah. They had a couple of movies, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. And they were, uh, they were, have the shorts that showed in movie theaters. So. Well, well, the shorts don't count. The shorts yeah. don't count. And simply right. because, uh, the idea behind it is, is that some of these characters date back pre television. Oh yeah. Uh, and that's the only way you could see these characters, but you is, weren't going to the theater to see. Correct. Woody Woodpecker or whatever. Did did Woody Woodpecker have a, a cartoon feature? I think he did. Yeah, I think and he did too. He, he's not on my list. But anyway, not on mine. That no. is what we're talking about today, kids, on episode 145. 
So pull the car over if you're listening. Really? Get out your notepad. Really? Start writing these down. See which ones you think are going to make it into our canister right here. Or just listen very passively as you're driving or whatever you're doing, working out. Just don't have to do all that stuff. Just enjoy. Working out, go take a seat on the bench. All right. Listen, because this is gonna be <laughs> this is gonna be a powerhouse episode. All right. I'm let's gonna make start. a prediction that this is gonna be one of the better episodes. All right. Let's start wow. off with, with those are car- some words. Cartoon animal, <laughs> not in a feature film, but still near and dear to our hearts. Joseph, you're number five. My number five uh is a, a mouse, but not the one you're thinking about. I'm talking about the brain. Uh oh. from Pinky and the Brain from Animaniacs. Uh, this is a character we've talked about this character before sort of an Arson Wells figure of a mouse that plans to take over the world. Uh, I just, you know, I said last time, this is one of my all time favorites. I feel like this is where you can do a cartoon that works on two levels because I think like little kids like it, but adults like it too, because there's so many references. I mean, it's almost as sophisticated as uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Uh, you know, where they were sort of doing a, a two-level type of entertainment. So uh, the brain from Pinky and the Brain. All right. George, Very you're nice. number five. Uh, well, talking about older cartoons, this was created by Tex Avery. Uh, 24 cartoons, originally uh, called The Happy Hound. Uh, but we all know and love him as Droopy. Uh, he's this... Uh, anthropomorphic uh, white basset hound with a droopy face, hence the name, and created in 1943, like I said, by Tex Avery for uh, theatrical cartoon shorts, like Joseph w- was talking about, uh, when MGM had their, their cartoon studio. He was one of the last uh, cartoons that MGM made uh, when they closed their doors uh, in 1958. Uh, so droopy. Droopy does have a great scene in uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I know it's not his own feature film, but he does have a great right. scene in that film. And that's, yes. and that's the loophole right there. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was not featured in any movie, only on a TV show from 1963, 1966 called Tennessee Tuxedo and His Tales. I'm talking about the walrus known as Chumley, who always went in on Tennessee's plan when Tennessee would say, Tennessee Tuxedo will never fail. And Chumley would see, uh, okay, Tennessee, <laughs> which was That's like probably good, the, the slowest, the slowest characters on TV. Uh, gee, Tennessee. And so basically <laughs> they would, they would be, uh, have a problem and Mr. Whoopi there, you know, this kind of, uh, professor friend would help them figure it out. I guess there was some education buried in this show, but I just loved it for the dim witted Chumley. Yeah. DG Tennessee. Uh, is my number five cartoon uh, animal that was never in a feature film and should have been, but he did inspire the character on pawn shop, whatever that pawn shop show is. There is a Chumley. Oh, that's right. Is he named after that? Yes. So that's sad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Gee, George, Uh, let's move on now to best (laughs) finale. Number five, Joseph. Uh, I'm going with the series from 1994 to 2004. I'm talking about friends. Uh, the series itself, I felt like it was a very satisfying ending because let's face it. I mean, France was all about, you know, 20 somethings sort of living the life in downtown New York. And it just came to a point where they all turned 30 and it was, 
no longer the show. You know, it was no, they, they couldn't do the show anymore. So they did a really good job of, of having the characters sort of age out, uh, if you will, because we have, you know, uh, Monica and Chandler moving to the suburbs with their adopted twins. We have uh, basically uh, Phoebe with her her new husband sort of moving out. And so no one really stays in. Rachel and Ross decide that they're going to get together. Rachel's going to take a job in Paris kind of thing. Uh, and I just felt like that was sort of the way to end it because everyone that was following the show for 10 seasons really uh, was ready. I think we were ready to see the characters move on. And we knew that it was going to be a different type of show if they had tried to extend it. So uh, there you go, friends. And they had a different type of show called Joey. They did. Oh. <laughs> they did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. All mm. right, George. But do, do you remember uh, the final scene? how how they end friends i love i love the final scene because they're they're in that they're in the house uh monica's house uh monica and rachel's house and uh they're all saying goodbye it's empty mm-hmm. and right. Right. and chandler gets the best line in the world because they're just like why do they say george where where do you want to go get coffee or something yeah, you, to that effect. Yeah, where you want yeah. to get coffee, exactly. Yeah. Uh, which is fantastic because that's what the show was all about, you know. Central Perk. Uh, Central Perk. So yeah. there you go. All right, George, your number Very five. Very nice. Uh, my number five ran from 1999 to 2013, uh, and it's Futurama. It's an it's a animated series, kind of a like a Rip Van Winkle uh, ish story. Uh, pizza delivery boy Fry accidentally stumbles into this suspended animation state only to wake up a thousand years in the future. And he's taken in by an elderly scientist who actually turns out to be his great, great grandson or something like that. And he, the scientist owns a small cargo delivery service where they fly spaceships around and deliver things. But the way that it ends is you have Leela, his significant other fried's girlfriend kind of on off relationship or or wanting to have a relationship it finally uh, culminates and you see that they have this long and beautiful life together and the ending kind of acts as this invitation to go back and watch the show uh, from the beginning again and relive it right alongside all these characters that you've you've grown to love so futurama is my number five jim great Cool. My number five is J.J. Abrams' masterpiece uh, of um, just an amazing story called Lost. And just joking. <laughs> you know, I wasn't even gonna, I wasn't going to write it on the board. I was watching. I was just watching that throbbing vein yeah. in George's forehead <laughs> pop up. <laughs> My number uh, five actually was uh, ranked number three in the greatest finales of all time. TV's greatest finales. That, you know, that that might have ended our friendship, just so you know. That. <laughs> Because I a joke though, huh? Yeah. Uh, oh, you got me. Because I was like, <laughs> can he be that obtuse? Really? <laughs> yeah. So, but TV Guide ranked my episode at number three most unforgettable finales, and even the creator of Friends said this was the gold standard and influenced the finale of Friends. I'm talking about the Mary Tyler Moore show finale. Oh where yes. yes. Everybody in the uh, there's a new uh, station manager, and it's the one and only Vincent Gardenia 
guest starring and he fires everybody because the news ratings are low except for ted <laughs> ted's the guy who's been messing up all these years and he's the only one that can keep his job and ted goes on the air quoting it's a long way to tipperary uh which is a song and we yeah. find out at the end when they all have to leave the newsroom together they all end up singing it together and uh, have a big group hug then they kind of cuddle they don't want to let go of each other and they turn off the lights in the newsroom now when it aired on TV, they had like uh, they actually had them come back out and and they announced the whole cast and everything. But I don't see that on the reruns yeah, and stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah. So uh, mine is uh, number five is the Mary Tyler Moore. Everybody gets fired, but Ted, which the show is called the Last Show. <laughs> Aptly nice. Titled. Yeah. So we are well, moving on now to g- give us some Ted. <laughs> George, George, I don't want to sorry. I'm sounding too, I'm sounding too English. So hold on. <laughs> George, maybe later. I, maybe we'll, I do Ted, we'll, we'll I, I do Ted and I become super friends. The... Meanwhile, about the back of the Hall of Justice. There, there you go. <laughs> <That was> meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, at the Legion of Doom. That Wait, that was Ted Knight doing the Ted whole thing. That was Ted Knight, yeah. Yeah. He did the I'm super gonna friends. I'm going to have to go back and watch. I, I never realized it, but yeah, I can yeah. do that now. Huh. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Meanwhile, George just found out. <laughs> All right. So let's move on now to number four, cartoon animal. Joseph. Uh, so this is my Tex Avery uh, uh, addition oh, to it. Nice. Uh, also a dog, but it's the blue tick coon hound named Huckleberry Hound. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the great thing about Huckleberry Hound is that uh, the series actually won an Emmy. It was the first animated series to ever win an Emmy for outstanding achievement in the field of children's programming. Wow. Uh, Huckleberry. Take that, Mr. Rogers. There you go. You know, he was, he sort of had this uh, South Carolina or actually North Carolina Southern draw, you know, and he was tone deaf. And do y'all remember the song he would always sing? Oh, my darling. Oh, oh my yeah. darling. Yeah. The, you oh, know, my he, darling Clementine. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so there you go. Huckleberry Hound. All right, George, you're number four. Well, the second in my canine trilogy of dogs. I've got three dogs in, in this episode, uh, but this one is Brian Griffin. Uh, this is from 1999 to 2013. Again, another speaking dog uh this time he's a white labrador retriever uh voiced by the show creator and writer himself seth mcfarlane uh do you guys know who uh, actually auditioned for this very well-known actor auditioned for the role of brian griffin no william h macy oh really that would have been i think i would have liked that but brian is seth mcfarlane um and he's one of the show's main characters and a member of the Griffin family. And he walks around on his hind legs, uses his front legs as arms, and he's got opposable thumbs and all this. Even drives a Prius, you know, for what it's worth. A <laughs> uh, little bit of an alcoholic, let's be honest. Uh, very yep. fond of the dry martini. Uh, and, but a, kind of this pseudo intellectual, but he's kind of a fraud at it. He's pretending to be well-read and understanding concepts. And um, the reason I mention that is Seth MacFarlane noted uh, his similarities, Seth's similarities to Brian and revealed that it's his favorite character in the, in the show. And he feels more comfortable playing that role than, than any of them. Um, 
but uh have any have y'all seen the family guy i mean yeah, yes okay uh, this well, is never, my this is my number one this is my number one, oh, wow. my number one so george well, took your number do, one do you remember uh whenever he gets killed off spoiler oh yeah that yes. was kind of crazy yes. episode life, yeah. life of brian uh right the season 12 i think he gets hit by a car and and he dies and within hours of that episode airing a petition for the resurrection of brian griffin uh sent to fox the network this was on and seth mcfarlane uh they had this petition from uh change.org uh so this political movement actually put this petition and they threatened that if fox that they if they didn't bring him back somehow they would lose viewers because um you know he was such an important part of the show but it made it the the petition all that all these people signed one of the fastest growing entertainment related petitions on their website to bring brian back and they did in a in a couple of episodes um you know as best they could but uh amazing so uh, do you want to add anything to that, Joseph? No, I think I think one? you sort of hit it. I mean, my whole thing is, you know, uh, it's it's part of the absurdist reality or the absurdist mythos that that McFarlane makes with this series, you know, of having a dog that everyone's comfortable with talking and all that, but they still remind him that he is a dog. In fact, he has a lot of existential episodes where he tries to find his his his. Family, <laughs> yeah, his right. litter, and and they're all regular dogs. He's just different yeah. in the sense that he's more human than dog, but no one tends to question it. Other yeah, than that, he's that's just what dog. I love. It, it's just kind of like, oh, he's a talking martini drinking dog that yeah. walks around as a human. And, and the, uh, yeah, I like when he cheats on he cheats on the girl, and then the the husband comes home and he just pretends to be a dog. And then <laughs> right. Exactly. I was like, oh, look at the little dog. Yeah. <laughs> it totally works. Totally works. So, yes. All right. My, my number, number one. Very nice. My number nice. four, we're going back to 1963, 1966. I can't have Chumley on my list without Tennessee Tuxedo, voiced by the great <laughs> Don Adams, uh, who was the uh, hero of this show, trying to fix problems. And, you know, uh, Chumley and Tennessee lived in the Megapolis Zoo, and they always left the zoo and got in trouble. So, uh, and T Don Adams is such a great, the show had some great voiceovers. They had Larry, Larry Storch in it too, but Don Adams just, uh, you know, <laughs> you hear Maxwell Smart too. Also, is this even before, is this before Maxwell Smart? I think it is with 63 to 66 because it doesn't get smart yeah, afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. So he's kind of formulating that sure whole thing. That? Is it before Max Maxwell? Smart? I don't know. We'll, we'll find out before the end of the episode, but uh, Tennessee Tuxedo is my number four. It's it's sort of like a milder uh, a milder version of Tennessee Tuxedo would be Inspector Gadget. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Tennessee Tuxedo was, was 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 like serious, young, younger, harder Don Adams, and Inspector Gadget was kind of a more. And then they have Maxwell Smart missed it by that much. All right. So <laughs> we are going on now to see the impressions are back. This is why this episode That's is going to be that, one of the that, biggest yes. ones. Yes, I yeah. knew. <laughs> We're on now to number four best finale, Joseph. Uh, most watched finale in t television history, uh, ending in 1985. I'm talking about MASH. Uh, it is one of those things that, you know, it was some, from 72 to 85. And really, you know, we were so young that it was something that your parents watched. 
Definitely. mostly, you know. Her time he came uh, on, I was like, oh man, really? <laughs> yeah, because it was like sort of serious, and yet there was some funny stuff, but you really didn't get the humor or whatever. Uh, but by 85, I'd started watching some of it, I guess, just because it was always on, you know, uh, with it. Uh, and everyone was like, how is this thing going to end? You know, it had been on for so long. The characters were loved, and uh, it, this didn't let it down. It didn't let the viewers down on this. This is why it's considered to be one of the best uh, series finales is because it ended not on a happy note of everyone just saying, hey, goodbye or whatever, but it actually showed how each character was affected, was impacted by the war. And uh, so much so that they even show how Hawkeye uh, yeah. is in a mental institute, you know, and he can't get over some of, you know, the, the, the traumatic things that happened in the war or whatever. And it was really sort of cool because the, the closing scene is when he's flying off in a helicopter and BJ, yeah. his, uh, his, his partner, you BJ know, yeah. BJ Honeycutt leaves him a message and the message is sort of spelt out on the ground. So when he pulls up from the helicopter, you can sort of see they spelled out goodbye. Yeah, and that was sort made, of a goodbye to the audience. Made it. And, and at that exact moment, this is my number one, Joseph. Oh, okay. 106 million people simultaneously got a little speck of dust in their eye. You know, <laughs> That's just, right. It's, I think it's a flush the toilet. It, it, it's just a little <laughs> bit of dust, you know, just it's got Wasn't there something with eye. the toilets flushing during the commercials, like on this show or something like that. There was like across the country. There was like a, everybody was like going to the bathroom, all oh, the, the bathroom at the same time. So it was like, Oh, well, wow. The I didn't show, know that. The, well, the last show, well, first of all, it's directed by, uh, Alan Alda. Okay. Hawkeye. Yeah. Uh, but it, um, it, it was like a two hour show. Wasn't it like it a was two and a long. half hour yeah, show? Yeah, yeah it was. Um, it was a television uh, event. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It really was. You know, it really was. But yeah, I think, I think that this, you know, this really sort of set that marker of like, okay, this is what an event's going to be like. We're not going to cheat our audience who's been with us for over a decade. Yeah. And it's set up after MASH, which was very important. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well there you go the joey <laughs> the, yes. the joey syndrome we're just gonna call the it the joey Joey's. of of uh, korean war movies <laughs> it set up the aftermath uh, <laughs> all right so george did you have a number four i do yes and this is ahead, uh fx's drama the shield that ran from 2002 to 2008 the setup is Michael Chiklis plays this inner city, Los Angeles police detective, kind of corrupt police detective, Vic Mackey. And, uh, they're on the vice squad and Vic, he's a dirty cop that, you know, he will bend the rules to, you know, try to protect his community and stuff, sometimes working against the police force and, you know, to keep his crew and his own self-interests intact and everything. And the very first episode actually caught a lot of flack from law enforcement because he and the cops with him execute an officer they think is uh, a part of the internal affairs task force. Just they, they have a drug bust and they actually shoot him, make it look spoiler, make it look like, you know, the, the bad guys, the drug, the drug dealers uh, did it. And, uh, so the, the show runs all of these seasons with that kind of hanging over its head. 
and Nick and his crew, they'll narrowly escape all these tight spots with the force and internal affairs and scores of, you know, criminal, uh, criminal enterprises. Like, uh, they have this whole thing on one season about the Armenian mob, but, uh, in the final episode entitled family meeting, uh, this corrupt cop not only loses his kids and is the last of his friends, but in, in my opinion, subjected to a fate worse than death for somebody that's used to being out on the street and everything he's relegated to working a desk job the rest of his his stay there and there's a moment where he's by a window and he hears the sirens run by and he kind of lunges forward like he's gonna you know in the old days he'd he'd go and and investigate and see what that's about and he realizes that that whole life is over that while they couldn't get him for you know the murder and and all the other things they did they gave him this punishment of basically being chained to a desk for the rest of his career instead of where the action is so that is my number four the shield very nice and just to give an update on the show if you're keeping score get smart was released in 1965 1963 was tennessee tuxedo so maxwell smart is doing a impersonation of Tennessee tuxedo. Folks. That's amazing. I really thought it was the other way around. Maybe because I, I was exposed to get smart before Tennessee tuxedo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. There Thanks, you go. Jim. Uh, sure. No problem. My number uh, four <laughs> uh, starred Bob Newhart and the show was called Newhart. And basically it was a lot like his old show. It was basically uh, the Bob Newhart show. He was a psychiatrist in Chicago and he was, you know, his humor, he was reacting to kooks all around him. With Newhart, he ran an inn uh, in Vermont. Reacting and to kooks. He was reacting all to right. kooks all around him. Yeah. So, <laughs> of course, we had the uh, the Larry, Daryl, and Daryl characters and some memorable characters and some good stuff. Peter Scolari from Bosom Buddies yes. was on the show, too. Yeah. So, their finale, <laughs> knowing, probably knowing this, um, knowing this whole thing, you know, kind of ran together was great because uh, we had uh, the final scene. It is Bob Newhart waking up next to his wife from the Bob Newhart show, Suzanne Plachette, yes. and basically saying the whole Newhart show was all a dream. He said, I just had the strangest dream uh, and the the audience erupts that that it, this happened. And I think that was probably the, one of the better ways to, you know, I like when they tie the two shows in together or do give you a wink, but I thought it was, uh, you know, at the time it was great. It's still great talking about it now. So the yeah. new heart finale is my number four. Well, because he plays, I don't know that Bob Newhart ever acted in any, no, of no it's, no. it's, reac- it's just, reaction. Yeah. He's just Bob Newhart. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and then, uh, Plachette says something about how you need to start wearing more sweaters or something. Isn't well, that- she, she says, she says she wants to, because he's telling her about like the new show and Plachette wants to know more about the blonde, his wife in the new yes. show. Yeah. <laughs> she yes. makes a reference. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was ranked in, uh, in 2013, number one on entertainment weekly's 25 best series finales yeah. ever. So uh, it's, it's great. It's, this it's, is it's, my number six. This would well, be my number six for sure. And it, and it kind of mocks. Uh, stuff that had happened in television is why I think it's so enjoyable because you had the whole ending of Dallas. Right. Um, and you had the horrible St. Elsewhere ending, uh, which wasn't a dream. It was even worse than a dream. Um, but you know, the fact that it 
is kind of taking a jab at those things too. And how silly television can be sometimes, um, th- this is a really good one. Yeah. You and the, the, uh, the funny thing you'll, you'll like this George, because in 2010, uh, they did several parody endings to the show lost one has Bob Newhart waking up with Evangeline Lilly in the uh, Suzanne <laughs> Pochette role on the Jimmy Kimmel show. So there you go. You got your lost. That probably would have been a better ending than the actual. That would have been a better ending. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> George still won't let it go. All right. Number nope. three, cartoon animal. And then taking we'll it take to a, the grave, take a little break. Joe, uh, Joey <laughs> can't get Joey out of my head. Uh, Joseph, what is your number three? Only 16 episodes made a huge impression in my little impressionable mind from 1974 to 1975, Scatman Crothers voiced Hong Kong Fooey. I got to tell you, you know, uh, there's just something that is wonderful about a dog who works in a police station as a janitor, but then becomes this martial arts expert i mean i was so uh, ready for this show they had the little preview that the night before like you know the what's happening on the, the new saturday morning shows i was like man i'm so ready for hong kong food it, then it you was, see it now you're like wow <laughs> yeah i mean but for, it made a huge impression i mean i whenever i looked this up i was like no surely it had more than 16 episodes because i could have sworn this was like a staple for years uh, in watching Saturday cartoons. So. It's funny too, because, you know, uh, they had Scatman Crothers later doing Harlem Globetrotters. He did all the Globetrotters. He yeah. did, you know, it was like, <laughs> that's right. And he didn't change his voice either. Hey, Metalock, how you doing? I don't know, Curly. How you doing? What's up, geese? <laughs> yep. I don't know. Until he got me. killed in the shining. <laughs> Things were going so well for him. Yes. All right. Hong Kong. Fooey, good, good choice. Number uh, three, George, what's your number three? So it is Mudley. Uh, he's a snickering mixed dog breed uh, created in 1968. But this is the trifecta. This is the third dog I have here uh, by Hanna-Barbera Productions. He doesn't really talk. Uh, his main communication is that uh, wheezy uh, snicker thing that, he, he, you know, that, that Tom, Tom's got a. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, just so stupid. So stupid. <laughs> but he he first appeared in in '68 in Wacky Races as the sidekick to um what was his name Dirk uh, Dastardly or yes yeah, yeah Dirk yeah. Da- yeah. Dastardly Dirk or which something. The, the, Dirk the whole Dastardly? the whole thing was it was uh, Jack Lemon from um the Great Race where he's Professor Fate and Mutley is supposed to be the the film's character of Max Mean. Um, but, um, so Dirk or Dick dastardly, whatever his name is, uh, you know, he would, he would, he was very accident prone. He was the villain, always trying to cheat and everything. And then of course, <laughs> when something went wrong, you know, he, he was right there, but that is my number three. Mutley. <laughs> All right. Very nice. My number three comes from a show that ran. Uh, it actually uh, was a regular segment of uh, Joseph's choice, the Huckleberry Hound show from 58 to 61. And I'm talking about Pixie and Dixie and Mr. Jinx. Now, while Pixie and Dixie, who one mouse had a bow tie and one mouse had a vest, don't ask me, uh, were <laughs> charming <laughs> and they sounded like Rue McClanahan, you know, Pixie, what are we going to do? 
the real star of this show to me was Mr. Jinx, who was apparently Dawes Butler doing an impersonation of Marlon Brando, he said, which I don't really hear. Uh, of course, he had his trademark line, I hate those Mises to pieces. Then, <laughs> oh, that was good, Jim. That thank you. Totally like, like I said, the impressions are back. I hate those Mises to pieces. And that's, uh, you know, every time I see a mouse or talk about mouse, I think about Mr. Jinx saying Mises, just, you know, terrible English, but funny stuff. So, so um, is it Mr. Jinx? Is Mr. Jinx is my character. That's the okay. one that goes on there. All yeah. Right. Pixie and Dixie are cool and everything. But if I have to pick one cartoon animal, it is the cat. You love to hate that is Mr. Jinx, who apparently was a Marlon Brando. I, I don't really hear it, but I do hear I hate those Mises to pieces. And I wonder which movie they're talking about. I don't know. <laughs> it's like it doesn't sound like anything. It's funny, like that's Marlon like Brando. Don Messick. Apocalypse gets, now. <laughs> well, this is way before that, but Don Messick. The you know, I want to hear Mr. Jinx and Apocalypse Now. <laughs> <laughs> you just an errand boy <laughs> looking for Mises. Um, but Don Messick, who voiced Scooby Doo, was, was on this show as Pixie, and Dawes Butler did Dixie and Mr. Jinx. So they only had two guys doing voice in this entire show because all every episode was just them chasing each other, like any great cartoon should be. So there you go. There's my number three. Let's move on now to um, the intermission. Caitlin presents Kitten Eating Sausage. Here we go. Oh, I can hear the purring. It also sounds like fried bacon. Yeah, a little. How much sausage is here? I don't think this is very healthy. The sausage tastes like Mises. <laughs> <laughs> It is a little disturbing. <laughs> kind of like, would this kitten do this to your fingers if you were asleep at night? <laughs> Wow. All right. Don't know and how I feel about that one. Any Kate comments? <laughs> and, and um, since I'm the only one wearing headphones uh, in the studio right now, uh, I got to say, it's a little disturbing. That was I, a little I, weird. Yeah. Yeah. That was mm, okay. Okay. Uh, Here's about little... a cat coming to. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to the number three Mr. Jinx finale. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Jinx. I'm doing, sorry, I was doing Phil Silvers. Uh, you know, they always stole from Phil Silvers or Burt Lahr or, of, of course, Marlon Brando, yeah. I guess. Um, well, apparently, Brando, yeah. Uh, Joseph, I could have been a contender. <laughs> what is your number three best finale? Uh, 
watched by half of the audience in America at the time in 1993. Uh, I'm talking about Cheers, uh, where you have, again, sort of this. What's sort of amazing is that, you know, MASH ends in 85 and Cheers starts in 82. And I think people really gravitated towards it, although they didn't really have a lot in common. It was just one of those, you know, like shows that everyone watched and all that. So yeah, the, the ensemble comedy, I can, I can see that, you, you know. know? Yeah. So it's like, it, it started comes out and basically you have the show where, uh, Diane, uh, comes back. She hasn't been on the show for half the series. You know, she was the original love interest of Sam Malone. And, uh, basically a lot of people initially did not like the idea that focused so much on that because they knew that was the ending of the show. Uh, however, uh, the great thing about this particular episode, uh, finale is the fact that Sam, where it looks like he and Diane are going to get back together because that's really the only thing he's truly cared for, uh, in the show really, makes a choice not to get together with her, realizing that it would be a mistake. And he ends up going back to his bar. And uh, because that's his one true love, yeah. that's really what the show's all about. And uh, it's great. And, because and we, the audience, we love the bar more than we love that character. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. You know, and so it ends great because he goes back and he's closing up and a patron comes to get a drink and he turns him down and he says, sorry, we're closed. And that's how the series ends. And, uh, I think it was a great ending. Yeah. All right. George, your number three. Well, my number three is, uh, a sitcom as well. Uh, Schitt's Creek and, uh, from <laughs> 2015 to, to, uh, 2020, uh, in the setup, um, you have this wealthy couple, the roses suddenly find themselves completely broke bankrupt, except as a gag many years before they bought a little town called Schitt's Creek. And so now they don't have a place to live. They have the, them and their two spoiled children, uh, the great Eugene Levy, uh, they go and, uh, experience kind of this fish out of water culture, culture shock. Uh, no longer do they have their pampered lives, but they're, you know, they're all, you know, just a little above poverty and, uh, they don't respond to it well, but the ending, the Rose family, they, they all kind of go their separate ways, leave the little town. Uh, and you sense that they were changed for the better because of this, uh, negative experience. And even the town's billboard got an upgrade with them pictured on it. And, I'll tell you when, when Johnny stops the car to see the billboard one last time, he says, I just wanted one last look. It was just a nice way to bring everything around full cir circle and demonstrate how this character had, had grown. And do y'all, have y'all seen this ending? Yes. Love, it. On, Love it. Yeah. What's on the billboard? Uh, the, the original billboard. Well, they, <laughs> they've modified the billboard, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, we can't really talk about the there there's there's what, just two the, the innocently act. but innocently <laughs> but just inappropriately they have two characters in a river uh and fishing. and uh fishing 
like but the positioning of the yeah the positioning of the characters one male one female looks a little uh i don't know suggestive suggestive there you go there you go um but that is that is my number three uh that that ending so there you go good Uh, very good my number three involved a big lie in my life and i'm glad i was lied to i interviewed uh Craig Robertson for a movie he was doing right before the office finale, Daryl from the office. And he said, there's no way Steve Carell is going to be in the finale. I'm telling you, no way he's not going to be there. Of course he couldn't tell me it was still like two weeks out, but the office finale ended up kind of really making up for what some people didn't like the season seasons eight and nine without having Michael Scott think it should ended. It, it kind of ended up bringing all the characters together, even like Mindy Kaling's character who left and, and, you know, people didn't really know she left like a couple seasons before too. So all the major <laughs> characters are all back <laughs> and uh, it's the wedding of Dwight and Angela. And the, one of the best scenes in there is when uh, Jim uh, John Krasinski says, I cannot be your best man. Uh, and uh, Michael is standing behind him. He said, how come I think Dwight says something like to the effect, like, um, how come you can't come or whatever? And uh, no, what was it? <laughs> oh, no, it was, no, it was Michael. Michael, you came. And, and yeah. Michael says, that's what she said. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's, you have the classic, uh, you know, that's what she said, uh, joke involved in the whole thing. But then you have the, the, the actual ceremony and it brings everybody brought together. And this all happens a year after the documentary that we've been seeing for many years airs and people are some people are relatively famous and not got famous from the documentary so the office is my number three finale the wedding of dwight and angela so this is uh this is my number two cool uh and uh one of the best parts about this is that you know sort of go off of it is a year later and basically you have these characters reflecting on what the job actually meant to them you know because they're sort of reporting to the documentary and one of my favorite parts is a minor character, but unforgettable character is uh, Creed. Yeah, uh, yes, he's been yes. living there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, who, ends, who ends up being arrested at the very end? He's like, "Let's do this," you know. And they walk. Well, they, off they have a it. tight. Yeah, they have a tight <laughs> shot of him, and he's being sappy and and everything like everybody else. And then he's finished, and then they <laughs> and, and, and escort the him off. Yeah. <laughs> So Perfect. yeah, that, that's my number two. So good. And I, and I like the bit, uh, cause they're all kind of remembering fondly, you know, everybody from the warehouse to, you know, in the office and everything. Uh, but Gina, Gina Fisher's character, Pam, she takes that, that little painting of the building, uh, out with her. Uh, I thought that was a, that little watercolor, you know what I'm yeah, talking about? Yeah. Uh, and her being a watercolor, I don't know if she painted it. Uh, or where that came from, you know, Michael originally hung that at, at some point, but yeah, uh, she, she, she actually painted it and, and she had, it, uh, she drew it and it was at her art show that nobody showed up, but Michael, uh, cause everybody, so she, so she did paint it. I couldn't remember. If she, she had an art show and nobody showed up and even, Oscar, oh, I know my Oscar's Michael, boyfriend got a moxer picture. Yeah. 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 That, that was one of Michael's, uh, more endearing moments, you know, yeah. where he supports her, but, uh, yeah, that, that one's a great one guys. Good. That really is. Glad we make it in. So on now to uh, number two, cartoon animal, Joseph. Uh, really, he just wants to get warm. That's all he wants. <laughs> I'm talking about Chili Willy. Uh, <laughs> so stupid. 
<laughs> Chili <laughs> Willy uh, also uh, a, a sort of a mascot for Icy, the brand Icy for a while there. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was. Yeah, you know, uh, with it. But uh, moonlighting gig. Yeah, Tex Avery, another another character from Tex Avery. You know, uh, it was he was on for quite a long time, nearly twenty years from 1953 to 1972. Uh, you know, he, uh, it was produced by, uh, you know, the Lance production company, uh, speaking of Woody Woodpecker, you know, on it. Uh, and basically, you know, that Smedley, you know, is, is his enemy and he's constantly just trying to get this penguin to be outside. That's the whole gig. Just get outside don't come in and all he wants to do is warm himself. I felt like this character was endearing. This is one of those things of like, you don't need words to convey a lot of emotion. And that's what I felt with Chili Willie. So there you go. Chili, Chili Willie. Willie. All right, George, do you want to explain what you just put on the board right now? Go ahead and do it. Not You're really. giggling over there. <laughs> oh, do it oh, man. Really? Really? <laughs> not, not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, George. You got to do it now. You put it on no, there. I'm I'm ready for uh, my my. I'm, right. I, I'm tearing up talking about Chili Willie. He's making penis jokes. Can you tell what his joke <laughs> is, uh, Joseph? Yes, me. I will read it. What do you call a flasher in January? <laughs> Chili Willie. All right, Ouch. there it is. The comedy of Ouch. George Patchen. Everybody, he'll be back right after these messages. <laughs> Check your waitresses as bartenders. George will be back in just a few minutes. Thank you very much. All right, George. What is two your drink minimum? <laughs> what is your what is your number three? Uh, two, George. Cartoon so animal. Th this goes all the way back to 1946. Uh, these were the first Terry Tunes cartoon featuring a pair of wise cracking magpies. Okay, it is Heckle and Jekyll, and uh, the characters uh, they regularly appeared in the comic books over the years with with Mighty Mouse. They were kind of a team, and in fact. Um, ABC or CBS, uh, one of their, I don't remember which, but the Saturday morning programs back in the, the early eighties, they had, uh, mighty mouse and heckle and Jekyll, not together, but in the, in the same billing, uh, on the cartoon. And although they looked identical, uh, they had different personalities, uh, and heckle, uh, he's the one, I think it's heckle. He's the one with kind of the New York accent. And Jekyll's voice was much more refined, more posh, uh, if you will. And uh, but Heckle and Jekyll are my. Hey, oh, that's great! How do you do it? I just think about it, and then it happens. Do you suppose I can do it? There you go. Certainly. What would you like to do? I think I'd like to take. Not a not much from that clip, but it, they they were enjoyable. Thanks, George. And uh, that is a uh, heckle and Jekyll. Did they rip uh, off Nick the crows from Dumbo? I mean, I mean, um, I know because the those the they were crows more and Dumbo were more racist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the racist racism battle, they just beat heckle but and I, Jekyll. But I love their jokes. I, I've seen a peanut stand. I've seen a rubber band. All right, George. Not, no more. Wow. I think I, no, no more. I, no more. No, no. <laughs> You, you're making I've my Scatman Brothers impression look good. <laughs> until wow. I've seen an elephant fly. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's 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 pretend that never happened. Anyway. All 
All right, so my uh, my jo- number- Joseph's over there doing mugly, or I mean, mugly. <laughs> <laughs> my number two uh, first appeared in the cartoon Quackadoodle Doo in uh, nineteen fifty. He was on the Novel Tunes label. <laughs> Huey, uh, Baby Huey was a oh, giant, yeah. uh, Baby Huey, naive duckling. That most of his shorts would be around the theme of he wanted to hang out with his other ducks, but usually a wolf or something would see him and realize he was a big meal and they would chase baby Huey and baby Huey would just be walk around naive. And usually the wolf will get slapped in the face or get a pie in the face or end up giving up because baby Huey is just so clumsy that they end up, you know, getting hurt. So um, he also had a slow thinking cousin named cousin dimwit. <laughs> <laughs> Really, uh, really, guys, <laughs> don't disguise the name. It's like Scoob- the Scooby Dumb before the Scooby Dumb. So, uh, and then also, also appeared in the Harvey comics. So, Baby Huey is my number two. Nice. On now to number two finale, Joseph. Uh, number two finale. I think I already said, but let me see if I did or not. Uh, yeah, the Office. The Office. George, number two for you. Number two for me. I don't know if you guys have seen this show. If you haven't, Joseph, I think you would enjoy it. Uh, it ran from 2014 to 2017. Halt and Catch Fire. And the setting is in the early 80s. That kind of is the cusp of the personal computing revolution. Uh, and before IBM gobbled up everything, there's this trio. You have Joe, who's kind of this super salesman visionary uh kind of a steve jobs uh type if you will gordon the engineer and then cameron this programming uh prodigy and for three years we watched their defeats and betrayals and some of them are romantically inclined you know with each other uh and and their victories and we watch and witness joe who's kind of very cold at the beginning, become more human along the way. And, you know, part of the process of being human is having your heart broken and stomped on. And, uh, and then we also see this rebirth of, uh, Cameron, um, in, in the final, uh, episode, uh, Cameron and Gordon's wife, uh, Donna, uh, their working relationship, which over time had kind of become, strain but to me that was one of the best parts of the, of the show but the the episode ends the series finale uh the show ends with joe in a classroom kind of teaching computers uh to you know the next up and coming generation of of people that'll be involved in technology uh and i just felt like it 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 was a very smart ending uh and not everything completely works out they don't all right off into the sunset happy together and in fact there's you know the demise of of some major characters and stuff but uh just very very satisfying it's uh just well done and again you know an ending really lands when you're kind of like yeah i want to go back and, and start it from the beginning and watch it all over again and that's what what this did for me so joe joseph have you ever seen no i've never even heard of it i've never i heard of it it. i just didn't watch the episode i watched it was aired kind of around that whole when better call saw was running and stuff like that so i did yeah it's it's very different and if you uh grew up with computers like the three of us did and you you see these innovations and things happening and you know just kind of the cutthroat uh market of 
you know, this new product and this, this revolutionary, uh, kind of thing. It's, it's really good. Um, nice. really, really good. I recommend it. And on Netflix so I can watch it. Oh, well, very cool. Go. Uh, my number two is, uh, the final episode of the seventh season and uh, the seventh season, they kind of, um, uh, parks and recreation they kind of messed with some time jumps and future stuff and they really kind of go wild on their series finale called one last ride that actually shows you the <laughs> they can't come back and pretty much do the show again or do a reboot because they show you how everybody ends up in the show like for for life uh with time jumps one of my favorite storylines is uh the bumbler jerry played by jim o'hare actually becomes is written in his mayor as a joke for the town of Pawnee and ends up living to 100 and being mayor all those years and being one of the most revered people in the town. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I also like uh, the John Raphael character was a side character. He try he fakes his own death and gets caught at his own funeral. Uh, just so, you know, just classic uh, uh, parks and rec stuff. Also some heartwarming stuff where April and Andy have their baby. And but it goes all the way up to like 2048. Uh, when when Jerry does die, they show Leslie and Ben at the funeral. We get kind of a hint that Leslie might be the president of the United States, but they really don't tell the story all the way. But it's the the final joke on it, too, is on Gary's tombstone, they misspell his last name. So uh, just a great time jump messing with that and able to show everybody the full story of the Parks and Rec crew. That is my number two series finale. And I do like how you said they kind of sealed it where nobody can really come back and yeah, you know, let's do like, revamp let's do it. Be, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Um, on now to number one, cartoon animal, Joseph. Uh, Brian. What? Who? Oh, Brian. Okay. Uh, George, your number one. So my number one, uh, is the pink Panther. This is from 1969, uh, through 1970, uh, originally, um, started off by being in the opening, uh, movie credits, uh, and closing credit scenes of, of the pink Panther, uh, movie series, the whole, uh, David Niven, uh, and, uh, Peter Sellers, uh, thing back then. And the character, oh, here we go. Oh, boy. oh, is that all we can? That's all we can do. That's Best, all we can. Oh, are you talking <laughs> about this, so this, this is the Pink Panther from the Pink Panther show that they made after the Pink Panther movies. Yes. Right? Yeah. So okay. it, it started uh, the original movie uh, where they use that. It, it wasn't a shot in the dark. It was the Pink Panther because the diamond had this little uh, characteristic flaw that you could see a pink Panther leaping in it or something, but uh, the character's popularity spun off this franchise of all these theatrical shorts and television cartoons and merchandise been in 124 shorts, uh, four TV series, four TV specials. Uh, and I remember uh, guys, do you remember there was even a pink Panther cereal breakfast cereal there for a while i i used to eat that do you remember that <laughs> well it makes a hell of a, a housing insulation uh yes <laughs> yes right yes. And, then, and then later for that uh but the um he usually was quiet that was one thing that i i thought was really interesting you have all these other uh entries where you know all the characters are talking he did 
in in some of the later cartoons he would speak but very little and actually kind of sounded like uh um a david niven um sortly they they kind of took that from um but uh cartoons on nbc for saturday morning the pink panther show um and along in that show what else did we have jim uh the best you're you're missing the best i wish i put this on my list and the art and and the art vark with john biner doing like a dean martin and jackie mason of course doing jackie Jackie mason Mason. (laughs) i was thinking the the same thing i was thinking the same thing jim i'm like dang it i forgot the art vark i'm trying to find the art vark because this end is driving me crazy i don't know what's going on with this yeah great and then john biner's like hey baby how you doing it's like i didn't know who he was until i watched the jerk and now <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wait a minute, that's the hard mark. <laughs> I got to find this end. I don't know what this end is at. He's got to find the pile. I'm gonna suck up this end. I'm doing <laughs> very good. Very back, good. Folks. The impressions are back. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> my number uh, one is back from whoa, way back from 1919, created by Pat Sullivan, Otto Mesmer during the silent film era and made it all the way to the 60s and his own cartoon show cartoon show. Uh, he's number 28 on the greatest cartoon characters of all time. I'm talking about the guy who make your, you'll laugh so much, your sides ache, your heart to go pitter pat. I'm talking about Felix, the wonderful cat. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> and the his wonderful, wonderful cat. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yes. Get it right. I do wonderful, like, wonderful. you know, I know he had those really old ones, but I do like the 60s thing. There's something weird about that whole drawing. It was done by Translux, who did also did yeah. the Speed Racer cartoons. They just got to even the even the preservation of them is bad. And it looks like all kind of creepy and stuff like that. And then then have the uh, bag of everybody was on LSD. Yeah. And then you had like uh, this professor with this. He didn't have even his mouth when he talked. The mustache just moved from side to side. (laughs) But that was the one that got me the uh, the 60s version. But uh, Felix is my number one cartoon animal. Uh, All right. And we're moving on now to number one best finale joseph i'm just gonna say breaking bad all right there you go honorable mention for me yeah really good one yeah honorable mention for me i as mean well. this is you know walter white self-sacrifice sort of completes his whole journey from being sort of a, a victim innocent bystander of life into basically the one you know, who knocks yeah, yeah, he's the he's the guy that you get scared of, and he sort of redeems himself at the very end there. Whenever he's pretty much lost all hope of humanity, uh, you know this this series finale sort of makes it to where he has a redeemable feature before he actually goes out. Talk about like getting to see exactly how the uh, characters finish. He ends up dying. So yeah, spoiler. spoiler. <laughs> there you go and i do love the uh the song they choose for the end of it playing um what's it called bad fingers uh what's it called george the blue song uh uh baby blue oh yeah because yeah. that yeah. was the uh, color of their, the uh his his drug of choice that he made and made him famous so. yep yep really, really good stuff though yeah definitely honorable mention for me i, I did like the whole how it ended up some people were like well is it you know you know because th- those last episodes the, all the guns and in the back right. of the car, and then the not the neo-nazi guys uh blowing them all away it's, what's great I, though is like how it sets us up you know the 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 thing's so well written that literally you see the first episode and they sort of do this time thing with it right 
you know, where they're going in and out. And you realize like when he's buying this huge weapon of mass destruction, you know, machine gun or whatever, you're like, oh, crap, why in the hell is going to go on here? Because it shot one year in advance and then they go back to tell the story. And they did that several times throughout the series. But on this one, I felt like the payoff was really good. But I, I heard the writers, uh, when they did that with that gun that he has in the trunk, yeah, that they didn't know what they were going to do with it. Interesting. Okay. And, and I was like, man, as a writer myself, I was like, man, that is, that is really taking a gamble, putting it out there that, uh, you know, because that is uh, critical to what he does at the end, but, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, what's his name? Gilligan. Um, Vince Gilligan, uh, Vin, Vince Gilligan. He said, yeah, we did that. And we really didn't know where we were headed with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. how do you not know? I mean, to, to put that, you know, it's the old, uh, Chekhov's gun, except this gun is a lot, a lot bigger and uh, more powerful. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, wonderful writing. Great conclusion. This is number one on my honorable mention. If I were, if I was able to do six, this would have been number six. What is your number one on your number one mash? Okay. My number one was, um, still hundred percent certified, fresh 27 reviews. Some people call it one of the greatest finales of all time. And I'm talking about start which was the finale for the American season finale where everything was leading up to this whole show show was like, are they going to get caught? What's going to happen? So the previous yeah. episode was great too. They were caught. <laughs> now yeah. this is the, what's going to happen part. So yeah, they got to flee. Right? Yeah. So they flee and they leave their son, Henry at a boarding school, you know, another uh, herring life choice there, but they bring their daughter with them Paige, and uh, they're on their way. They get to Canada. They're on their way to get to, to, uh, to uh russia and and we have this great scene where they get on the train and look back at uh page and she is not on the train it's all set to you two's with or without you mm-hmm. and the look on the both of the parents faces when they see that she is not on the train they're passing and they're going it's just heartbreaking so yeah. uh they have no family anymore it's just two of them the final scene is them in um russia just silent in the back of the car just starting a new life after all this kind of espionage yeah. in uh in america so my number one is the americans nice right. yeah nice so any honorable mentions i had breaking bad i also had mad men because i like the way that it ended with you know they had don draper character finding peace and we find out he was really kind of finding peace and going to this retreat to oh, think yeah. of one of the right. greatest commercials of all time the coca-cola the world casino commercial which was kind of cool i like the way that ended with that because i thought I thought just, you know, you kind of in your mind, think about how they're going to do this. I, I thought it's going to be like Don Draper as an old man. Like, uh, what's the Dustin Hoffman movie? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> little big man. I thought he's going to be like, uh, yeah, little big I was man. an advertising kid, that whole kind of thing. But I did like the way they ended it. Any honorable mentions from you guys? Uh, I had, yeah. Go oh, sorry. Go, go ahead, Joseph. Oh, okay. Well, I just had two, uh, other than the one, some of I, I mentioned some of the ones that you guys had, I was, I had on my list, but, uh, I had uh, The Good Place. Uh, I really liked that a lot because, uh, you know, the show uh, was about very, the wave. Yeah. Yeah. The wave it was, is, you know, based on, on philosophy, uh, both Western and Eastern philosophy. And really, it's talking about the whole meaning, uh, you know, the existential question 
of like what happens when you die and stuff like that. And I think this show did a very good job of sort of, uh, of covering that topic uh, in, in a very, very sensitive uh, humorous way. I mean, it was really good. I mean, uh, so I really liked that one a lot. And I liked for me, the most completion of, of series finales is six feet under HBO, six feet under. Uh, where, you know, it's about the family uh, that has a mortician there. They have a funeral business. And uh, basically the way the series ends is that, you know, every, every episode of the series is about someone dying and, and they're sort of dealing with it. It actually shows all the characters dying. So it does lots of uh, flash forwards into yeah. the future where everyone is dying, you know, yeah. with it. So it sort of shows the ending of these characters. So I really like that one a lot. Yeah. I had uh, breaking bad, uh, the good place, uh, because the good place had a, a really, that that's a challenge to find that balance. Yep. Uh, and I think they, they hit a home run with it because it's, um, you know, it is a comedy of, it's like a philosophical comedy. And so you've got to have the right measure of humor with the uh, philosophical without it being a downer. Uh, so I thought they did real well on that. Uh, I had Friday night lights, uh, the old oh, yes. oh, uh, the high school football, uh, you know, ending, um, and the office of course. And then, uh, the wire, the, the wire I've talked about the show before the, the HBO series from 2002 to 2008. Um, it has a very satisfying ending. I'm, I'm not going to really talk about it because I'm still hopeful that Joseph will watch it. Um, <laughs> but, um, it's, uh, it's, it's done well, but those are, those are mine. So, all right. Very nice. Any uh, so. cartoon animals that we have that are the aardvark. <laughs> Yeah, Obviously. definitely. The Aardvark. Good Anything lord, Jackie Mason had, needs to be mentioned on this show. Jackie Mason, uh, uh, the the big chicken guy, Cleghorn, uh, Foghorn. No, he was he was Fog in the Horn, Aardvark, Leghorn, he, but was he? he was, I, I, I wasn't yeah. sure. He was in the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner movie. Yeah, well, but I wasn't sure because it wasn't his movie, so I, I just kind of left it out. So, but uh, right, yeah. that's yeah. right, boy. I say, I say, I say, I think you're wrong. Oh, and now we're ready for an apology. Uh, so <laughs> I'm going to do Foghorn and Leghorn for this whole thing. <laughs> Coming ahead, from, uh, Joseph, give the apology uh, so everybody can hear your apology and you can say, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so this comes from uh, Sam M. And he's talking about our best crash episode. And he's like, come on, guys. There are two movies where crash is in the title crash and crash and you fail to mention either of them uh this is true uh that we 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 did not uh the first one uh was uh about basically a guy that has some form of kinky uh post traumatic syndrome kind of thing uh with it uh and the second one is about a racist cop that has a black girlfriend and so we didn't mention them because we didn't think they were worth it. So oh. I guess we're sorry. Mm, not really. Uh, but thanks, that. Sam. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for telling us, keeping us on our toes. Take that, Sam. Take that. Thanks for the listening. At all. But we will, we will tell you this joke here. What is a streaker? What do you call a streaker in January? 
A chilly willy. That's my joke brother George Pageant. He's so talented. He's a no, mine was kid. a flasher. You, you <laughs> changed it up. I, I think I like yours better. Sorry, Streaker. Thought, I thought this guy was going to say something about uh, Crash Bandicoot. Nah, I don't the... think Chili Will is going to get accepted because of that joke. Dang it. Yeah, he just destroyed <laughs> it. Well, let's let's jump in with that. Uh, the only match that we have on Cartoon Animals is Brian Griffin, uh, the talking <laughs> dog uh, from Family Guy. Uh, what we have to choose from is Droopy. Muttley, Heckle and Jekyll, the Pink Panther, the Brain from Pinky and the Brain, Chumley, Huckleberry Hound, Tennessee Tuxedo, Hong Kong Fooey, which I totally forgot about, but I was I was enamored with that show. Uh, Mr. Jinx, Chilly Willy, Baby Huey, and Felix, Mrs. the wonderful, wonderful <laughs> cat. Radio. So guys, I, it's been a long time since we have had yeah, this kind of a, where we only have one match. Uh, I think this is maybe the second time ever in 145 episodes that, that we've had such a low, low match rate there. Um, so what well, are we doing? I think we've completely ostracized anyone that was born in 1980. <laughs> <laughs> like we're showing our age with most of these characters because a lot of these are seventies type characters, you know, seventies cartoons type characters. Well, okay. I don't know what that was about. All, All right. right. Um, Caitlin agrees. <laughs> She's like, yes. who are these? <laughs> <laughs> who are these? Well, the who stipulation, the, the stipulation makes it hard for the people to know these, these characters because it's like, they aren't in a movie. I mean, they aren't like, Right. And they aren't kind of brought to the forefront because everybody's in a movie now. Even Tom and Jerry are in movies paired. Everybody. Yeah, You're yeah. right. You're right. So, uh, but these, well, let's just not put anything in the canister. What would happen if we did that? No, uh, we would end everything. So, oh, so basically, well, Chili Willie's out because of the bad joke. Heckle and Jekyll uh, because of the, no, racism. that's not fair to Chili Willie. You no, know, we, and then we we'll Heckle and Jekyll because of the George's uh, terrible, horrible uh, comparison. Yes. <laughs> That's not fair. We, we are too. magpie light on this show. Okay. We need, we need more magpies oh, boy. and it's two of them. You get two for the price of one. So Brian's a dog. George has like four dogs in his thing. So I do like Hong Kong Fooey myself. Cause I, that was such a, I could do Hong Kong Fooey. Cool. So there we go. Um, I mean, what about, what I got, about? I got to do Felix that, that was my, the first, I had totally forgotten about that, but that was my first love, uh, cartoon yeah. animal. Thank Felix you the much. cat. What no, about, really. uh, what about, I have a button. Uh, I, I, I'm not I, I wearing like, it tonight, uh, but I have a button of Felix the cat. We got to get something from the Tennessee tuxedo show, either Tennessee tuxedo or judgy Tennessee. Chumley. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was going to go for Baby Huey because whenever you mentioned that, Baby yeah. Huey was like a cartoon that I used to watch like before going to school. Every morning I would yeah, watch it. Was, like it was. Okay. Baby Huey. I'm, I can go with Baby Huey. Yeah, that's not we, bad. We need like, one more. Like Droopy, Muttley, Hecklin, Jekyll, Pink Panther. I, I'm going to make an argument for um, either the Pink Panther or the Brain because that I is. You like the Brain. I, yeah. A little more modern. Pink Panther, me, like, kind of, is almost like a little bit of a cash grab. Really? I mean, I enjoyed Pink Panther, but it just the fact that it came after the movie that, you know, it was a it was a character that used for marketing. I mean, it does. And what is all these things pink now? 
insulation. Well, but it, it seemed. Uh, What's the funniest thing the Pink Panther did? We kept trying to paint that guy's house pink. The guy with the big <laughs> nose, you know, the, the <laughs> Inspector Cousteau kind of guy. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, that I could never figure out if that was supposed to be him or not. Uh, Cause the, you know, he ran around without any clothes on speaking of chili willy. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> do we do a write-in for the artwork? <laughs> I know. I know the artwork. It's like, George. man, I get I can put the artwork. You can put the artwork in George and we can do it over the public list. Do, do, do we want to do that? Okay. This is gonna be artwork. the first time ever writing. No, we we've but done that. We before. did it the other day too. We did it for yeah. something else. I forgot what it was. <laughs> we're, we're, we're starting to do that. Yeah. yeah. You you were the one that did it. Oh, did we? Yeah, it was something at the last minute we thought of. No, we, I wanted to. I wanted no, to, but no, we you did. guys wouldn't let us. No, we actually Joseph, did just it. listen to us. You did it. You did it. It was done. It was put on the list and y'all done. No, it was uh it was uh no you've tried multiple times but we did do one one we time. did do the one silence, i forgot what it was the silent film i wanted that one but we didn't do it we, we didn't realize do that, one, that we was did something else we did something else yeah, okay we, that's fine the aardvark goes in okay, the aardvark yeah. goes in Woo. Woo. There we go. i'm in the list i'm so happy right now <laughs> all right uh so make that okay thanks uh the what we have to choose from satisfying series finales mash we got a match and the office uh what we have to choose from futurama the shield Shit's creek halt and catch fire which i know doesn't stand a chance uh <laughs> friends mary tyler moore new heart cheers parks and recreation breaking bad and the americans breaking bad was on my honorable mention list that, mine too yeah, so let's so do that, that that's in, easy yeah. okay and my other honorable mention um, that was a contender uh, was the, uh, well, the office. The office is already in there. Never mind. I think we need a classic show, either Cheers, New Heart, or Mary Tyler Moore, which was the more impactful ending, you know, for the Prob- Well, I think Cheers was more, but I like Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah, I think, I think, I think I that think, one, if yeah. we're going to. Or yeah. go off that. I think Mary Tyler. Moore I'm happy with the list now. So anything you want to put in there, we're going to do halt and catch fire. Let's put halt and catch fire. Oh, really? I'm going to watch it. Yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to do gonna it. You're see the finale. And be like worst finale ever. Yeah, I'm going to ride in and make make myself apologize. <laughs> oh, speaking of ride ins, what about this one? J.J. Abrams masterpiece Lost. <laughs> I would put it in, Jim. Are we all together? Wait. <laughs> okay. So Halton Catch Fire, Mash, Mary Tyler Moore, The Office, and Breaking Bad. Wow. Uh people can say Halton Catch what? <laughs> What's gonna be like, what? What the even AMC what? doesn't know what, what show the that what? Is. <laughs> well, we can take thing. it out, but you're you're talking no, I'm about I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Uh uh. <laughs> so what do you even even Lee, what's the guy, the the lead? actor that doesn't know what that is what was the guy <laughs> uh, lee pace. I'm, not, lee pace. I'm not helping you insult my entry uh, that's <laughs> you want me to throw you a lifeline I lee, hit lee you pace. With the or. yeah 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 a lot of these people were in argo it's like the cast of argo does a series <laughs> <laughs> it's got um McKinsey. you know what i I, I uh, if we're not going to put that in there, then I would say New Heart because New Heart, I remember being stunned, being stunned. Well, let's by... do that. So sorry, uh, Hulk, catch fire. You had about three minutes of glory. <laughs> <laughs> so, so mash, close. 
So Mash, close. hang on. Mash, Mary Tyler Moore, Newhart, The Office, and Breaking Bad. Very Good. Nice. Yeah. That works. Very respectable. Like, yeah. I, I, I'd go down with that list. You know, I would I'd, I'd defend it. <laughs> Sometimes I can't <laughs> defend our list. Sometimes I'm like, uh, well, <laughs> we were off that night. <laughs> we we want to wrap it up. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. All right. All right, then. We will see you. Uh, well, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I just about to say, we'll see you later and hang up. Let, let's uh, let's, oh, let's go back yeah. to the opening uh, Bye, guys, line of the episode. Nice <laughs> Best episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> CrispyCodeRobots.com oh, is where you need to go for all our information. Jim's had a rough day. I happen to know. <laughs> we, we were talking before he came uh, on his way into the studio and uh, so we're good. Uh, all, yeah, I, I get a, I get a mulligan on that one. CrispyCodeRobots.com yeah. is where you go to uh, <laughs> find all the information. Also, you uh, you know can buy our merchandise. Yeah, there, listen to our albums. Just, all that. If good you want to hear the ending, just listen to last week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go ahead and uh, shoot this thing up, and then we'll bury it in the ground. Oh, Still, watch, watch out! What? Careful, 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 careful. Okay. Oh, so what do you think is coming at the end? Is it going to be Jackie Mason, or is it going to be Chumley, or is it going to be Don Adams? Got to uh, be. It's going to be all Mason. Three. It's got to be Mason. <laughs> why? Why don't this, you have Tennessee uh, Tuxedo? This is a great. Uh, this is the best. Well, it's on our series finale. At least, at least we don't think it's our series finale. <laughs> <laughs> Might be, or is it? <laughs> So do Tennessee Tuxedo. Okay. But do him interrupted by Chum. Okay. Remember, there's always tomorrow. Uh, G. Tennessee, is there? Stupid. <laughs>